You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode number 115 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Cincinnati as the Brewers getting ready to wrap up this road trip tonight. The crew has had an up and down road trip, but uh, all in all, sitting at four and four so far over the course of this trip. Two wins in Kansas City last week. We talked to you from Kansas City last week as the crew. Uh, was uh, off in the midst of that eight-game winning streak. And then a tough weekend in Chicago, dropping all four games, only giving up nine runs in a four-game series and getting swept. Offense just wasn't there. The conditions weren't there for the Brewers to hit home runs, and that seemed to impact them a little bit. But the crew has done a nice job of putting that behind them and collecting a couple of one-run wins over the Reds on Monday and Tuesday in Cincinnati. 6-5 win on Monday and a 7-6 victory on Tuesday. It's been quite a week. It's been quite a road trip. Let's listen in. Williams with the sign at the belt. Coming back. Swung on and missed. Eight in a row for the Brewers. 6-2 to two the final score. Back-to-back sweeps. First Miami, now Kansas City. And now the Brewers are headed to the windy city of Chicago. Six to the final. And Pena sends this in the air. Deep center field. Long run for Billy Hamilton. He's at the track. He leaps up. It's gone. Manny Pena goes deep for the second time this season. And the Brewers are on the board here in the fourth. 2-2 pitch to Kane. And he sends this one in the air. Deep left center field. Going back to the wall. Gone! Lorenzo Kane goes deep, and the Brewers back on top, 3-2. Kane's fourth of the season, and he got it up and out of here to left center field. And Lorenzo Kane motioning to the Brewers fans just beyond the third base dugout. First one from Jared Hughes to Domingo. Hit in the center field, backing up is Hamilton. It's over his head! One run is in. Shaw's going to be waved around by Eddie Cedar. Here's the relay throw, and it's late. Santana moves to third, and just like that, the Brewers are out in front. Pena wants it up and in. Hader kicks and throws. He struck him out. Hader strikes out the side in the eighth. And the pitch. He struck him out. How about Josh Hader? Two and two-thirds innings. Every out, a strikeout. And the Brewers take down the Cincinnati Reds by a final of 6-5. to five. The eighth pitch of this particular sequence between Shaw and Bailey is on its way. Hit in the air, deep into right field, and the Brewers are going to have a 2-0 lead. Halfway up the bleachers in deep right center, and Shaw has gone deep for the sixth time this year. 
Now Aguilar drives one deep into left field, staring Hamilton. This one is gone. Back to back for the Brewers. First Sean, now Aguilar. And that was a no doubter. Second home run for Jesus. It's 3-0 Brewers. 7-6 Brewers. First one from Jeffress. Chopper hits softly first base. Braun, bare hands, flips to Jeffress, covering. They got the out on Shebler. What a play by Braun with the bare hand and then flipping to JJ, covering, and the inning is over. 1-1 pitch. Tapper right back to JJ. He lost it momentarily. Arcia has a play, and they got him at first. Jeffress had run by that Tapper. Arcia out of nowhere, able to glove it and then throw to first base, just ahead of Mezzarocco getting to the first base bag. And that is how the Brewers win this game. So that gives you an idea of how the week has sounded. We're going to have some pretty important guests coming up on the podcast today. We're going to talk to Manny Pena. Pena back from the DL over the course of this road trip. He's been back and hit a home run on Monday night against the Reds. So we'll talk to him about that, what it's like to catch Josh Hader. That'll be a conversation with Manny Pena. Also coming up, Domingo Santana. Need to get him going a little bit. The big hit on Monday night that you just heard, that's an important one. Hopefully that'll get Domingo Santana going into a little bit of a groove right now. And then that bullpen, it has been something else. Jeremy Jeffress did it Tuesday night. Josh Hader made history on Monday night, striking out eight in two and two-thirds to finish the game and collect a save over two and two-thirds, an eight-out save from Josh Hader. We're going to talk to bullpen coach Lee Tunnel about this group and everything that they've accomplished. We talked to Lee in Chicago, so it was before Hader and Jeffress did what they did, but uh, still the same theme. All of these guys stepping up and taking care of each other. Now, there was some news roster-wise on this team over the course of the last week since we last talked. The Brewers sent down Brandon Woodruff after he collected the win on Monday night to make room for Brett Phillips, get another left-handed bat in the lineup, or at least on the roster, as a guy that they can bring off the bench a little bit as a left-handed bat. Remember, Eric Thames out six to eight weeks with that thumb injury, and that has taken a left-handed bat away from this team. It's been a little bit uh, of a tough situation for the crew. So, Brett Phillips up, Brandon Woodruff back down to AAA Colorado Springs, where he will start and be a part of that rotation. Also, Oliver Drake designated for assignment after Tuesday night's win because the Brewers have to make room for Wade Miley, who is going to be on the mound to start the game on Wednesday night, and he's going to join the Brewers rotation. So some moves in regard to that. Also some injury news for the crew as well, as some guys trying to work their way back. We just told you about Wade Miley. He's healthy now and ready to join the rotation. Corey Canable also. Uh, ready to go out on a rehab assignment starting on Thursday in Biloxi. That's really big news. The Brewers' closer could be back by their next road trip. Um, you also have Boone Logan, who's in the midst of a rehab assignment right now with the Biloxi Shuckers. Stephen Vogt starting a rehab assignment with the Biloxi Shuckers on Wednesday night as well. So the Brewers starting to get healthier. Fame's the only guy right now that looks to be out long-term. There's going to be some interesting and some challenging decisions probably for the Brewers' front office and coaching staff on some of the moves they're going to have to make to make room for some of these guys on the 25-man roster. That's the great benefit that you have when you're a good team. And the Brewers sitting at 18 and 13 as we talk right now, 
they're a good baseball team. And so if you have to make a move, chances are a pretty good player is going down or may have to be DFA'd. Brewers hoping they can avoid that part of it, I'm sure, moving forward and, and just make some moves with guys that have options. But we will see exactly how the Brewers elected to handle some of those things when those situations start to present themselves. So let's jump into the conversations. Manny Pena, uh, what a, a year he's had behind the plate catching some of these relievers. And, of course, got that home run on Monday night to get him going. Let's go into our clubhouse conversation. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every, every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It, was, uh, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses. And that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the Clubhouse Conversation. Back from the disabled list last week. And it had to feel good for you to get into that ball last night, hit that home run, uh, not just for you, but for the team. Uh, you guys uh, wanted to get some offense going after the tough weekend in Chicago. Yes, yes, that's what we want right now. So we're coming for a tough series with Chicago. We lost four in the row. So come here with different mind. We want to beat the, the series. And and that's what we needed. We needed to keep going. What are we doing home? We was winning seven games in the row and lost last four. But that's what we need. We need to keep the head up and, and try to... to do the best we can the small team you know uh, when you get off to a slower start offensively it can be frustrating especially when you have an injury because uh, that's not the time of year where you want to deal with something like that you're trying to get settled into the season kind of get your timing down and everything else along with it so from that standpoint I'm sure the injury came at, at a tough time for you but I guess the other side of it is get it out of the way early if you have to, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something like you can control. You play hard every day. The injury is, is in the game, so we can control that. We always want to play 100%. But when they put me in the set and in, in the DL, so I was kind of frustrated a little bit. Because I want, I want to play every day. I want to help that team in the small thing I can. But now, now I'm healthy and now I'm 100%. Now, now I can do the small thing. Everything concerned needed. So I, I need to do for for win the game. Last year, you were trying to win a job. This year, you knew you had a job coming into camp. How different was that for you to have that security? And also, how different was it for you and that you could really focus on your chemistry with the pitchers and things of that nature because you weren't having to try to separate yourself from anybody in the same way you were a season ago? Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's the, the, the confidence comes to give it to me. So last last year, when I get a sprint train, I have fight for for the spot. So I, I win the spot, so I come here and, and do it the, the year I have. So well, the, the confidence comes to give it to me to play every day and, and be there, don't matter if, if I'm doing good or if I'm doing bad. So I know tomorrow is, is another day I can play. But everything everything is the mind. Everything is, is can come here, it's different day. Don't try to do too much. Just get here early and working. The the more thing you can do it. Like I said, like like uh, we when we come here, we just wanna try to focus to win that, that, that night. Manny, what's your day like in preparation to get ready to call a game? And how much easier is it when you're within the division against teams that you've seen a lot now? Um, and especially the Reds, a, a fairly similar lineup in a lot of ways to what they had a season ago. Does that make it a little bit easier in your preparation day to day? Yes, I mean, it's, it's, I just get here early, like uh, if it's night game, I come here at 12.30, 1 o'clock, I do my scouting report. But it's like uh, some, sometimes like a new pitcher, 
So I need, I need to know what they throw, I need to know what they command better. And for me, what I, what I can do most is try to study every hitter. Don't matter if he, uh, we play four games in a row and we, they go home to play four more games. So every day I do new stuff for preparing to that night. We get asked this a lot too. How much do you study the umpire, the guy behind the plate for that night? I mean, you gotta be friendly. I mean, it's it gotta be my friend in all night. So I gotta be a good communication with him because I, I learn when sometimes you they, they don't give you a pitch and you talking with him with bad bad boys, so he don't give you another one. So just just we talking, we give you a, a good friendly, good communication, and that that's good. That's good. He, he, we understand. We are on the same page. I've kind of buried the lead here in terms of what everybody wants to hear you talk about right now, and that's what it's like to to catch Josh Hader and the performance he put together last night. Have you ever seen anything like that? Never, man. Never, never, never I catch somebody like that. It's, it's fun when he comes to pitches. I mean, we feel like we ready to win the game. I mean, he's so excited. He feels comfortable. So he never check whatever I pull. He trusts us. So he just command the ball. He uses slider. He fastball away. He fastball down. Fastball up. Everything I pull my glove, that's the way he throw the ball. And he pitcher like that. I mean, it's so, so funny to catch him. So excited to the way he come to pitch. Well, Manny, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Great job last night, and good luck again here today. Yes, thank you, man. Manny is a great guy, and boy, he, he is one of the best in the game. Caught Billy Hamilton stealing on Tuesday night. First time it's happened this year. Just doesn't happen ever, really. Uh, only a guy like Manny Pena with the ability to get something like that done. Really impressive stuff. His teammate, Domingo Santana, is a guy the Brewers are trying to get going. They want to try to get Domingo Santana going offensively. He's one of the the keys to this offense. He is somebody that uh, has just not shown up with the power this year that he had last year. 30 home runs last year for Domingo Santana. He got off to a slow start last April. Domingo Santana was hitting under 200 at the end of April last year. He's hitting over 200 this year in the 230 range. However, for Domingo Santana, the power numbers aren't there. He had four doubles and five home runs in April a season ago. He doesn't have any home runs and just a couple of doubles so far this year. So the Brewers hoping that Domingo Santana can get going. They're hoping that extra base hit that he launched over the head of Billy Hamilton on Monday night is going to be able to get him going. We talked to him in Chicago about starting to see the baseball a little bit better. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Looks like you've, you've, you've found your swing a little bit on this road trip. You've been swinging the bat much better over the last four or five games, and I would guess the confidence is rising along with that. Yeah, it is. It is rising. You know, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm able to um, lay off some um, bad pitches, you know, and swing at um, the ones that I really want to put a good swing on. So, I mean, I just got to keep, keep that um, moving. How much does last year's success help you um, when you get off to maybe a slower start than you wanted to, because you know you have that now underneath of you, in, in your foundation, so to speak, of success. You know what you've been able to do. Yeah, I mean, it helps a little bit, you know, but at the same time, you know, I just um, I just want to help the team in every aspect, you know. Uh, we have a pretty good team, you know, and um, we have a pretty good chance to, to do great things, so I just want to be able to contribute every day, every, every day and every night. 
going through spring training, knowing that there were so many outfielders on this roster, I'm sure for everybody there were some questions about how am I going to get my at-bats. It seems to have worked out pretty well so far for everybody. Would you agree? Yes, yeah, I, I will agree on that. Um, Kansas um, doing a pretty good job with it. You know, unfortunately, there have been a couple um, um, players getting hurt a little bit, a little um, setbacks, you know, so, I mean, I, I just, you just got to, you know, come every day, be positive, and um, just be a good teammate. You talked about laying off some pitches that maybe you were swinging at earlier in the season. Has that been the biggest difference for you, just your discipline and the way you're seeing the baseball? Yes, um, it's, I think it's the big difference of everybody, you know. Uh, they have really good pitching in the big leagues, you know, and obviously they, they're not going to throw you a cookie every, every day, you know. And then you just got to go out there and, you know, swing at your pitch, not his pitches, and uh, just um, um, put the ball in play. When you face a guy like Jose Quintana today, a left-hander um, that has had some success against the Brewers, what are, what are the things that stand out to you about what he brings to the table? Um, you got to be um, you got to be on time with his fastball, you know, and um, lay off the breaking stuff, you know, and just get him early and um, not uh, let him settle in. You know, once he settles in, he's pretty good. How much of your focus in spring was getting better defensively? Because it seems like you've played at a higher level in right field so far this this year. Yeah, I mean, um, it's been my number one goal this offseason, you know, and um, and the state is right now. Uh, just trying to get better, um, help the, um, to uh, defend um, the balls better, you know, ground balls, fly balls, everything, and just not trying to put too much pressure, you know, and just, uh, just go and just you know, just be great out there. How has the communication worked between you and Lorenzo Kane in center field? It's, it's a guy that's one of the best defenders in the game, and, and I'm sure he elevates everybody's game a little bit out there, doesn't he? Yeah, yes, he is. You know, he's a great center fielder. You know, he covers a lot of ground. So, you know, I just got to get used to it sometimes because sometimes I, I get a really good jump, and he do too. And uh, with other people, you know, sometimes it's tough to hear him. But at the same time, you know, he's just, he just great out there, and it just makes everything look easy. All right, Domingo, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. Stay warm out there today. Thank you very much. Thanks to Domingo Santana for giving us time on the podcast this week. Lee Tunnel is the bullpen coach of the Brewers, and this Brewers bullpen is historically good right now. It has been absolutely outstanding. And Lee Tunnel credits a lot of it to the us-first attitude that everybody brings to the table in that bullpen. He really believes it's a big part of why everybody performs so well. The Brewers have done it in a different way. If you didn't see it this week, I would encourage you to go read Tom Verducci's column in Sports Illustrated. And part of it, he talks about the use of the starter's closer. And he talks about the Brewers doing this. And in many cases, it's Jeremy Jeffress that does this. Matt Albers did it on Tuesday night, where when the pitcher runs into trouble in the fifth, the sixth, maybe it's the seventh inning, and he leaves in the middle of the inning, and there's runners on base, he considers that to be one of the most important parts of the game, closing out that starter's outing. And so many times the Brewers have used Jeremy Jeffress to come in and close out that starter's outing. And what Craig Council kind of refers that to is the starter's closer, essentially the second most important part of the game outside of getting the final three outs. So the Brewers have used their second-best arm available that night in many cases to go and 
finish the starter's outing. A little bit different, a little bit outside the box, but it's worked really well for the Brewers. They've also used guys for, for multiple innings, for four, five, six out, eight out saves in the case of Josh Hader to go and finish the game as well. Get tonight's win, move on. So that's all been some interesting stuff that the Brewers have done. We had a chance to, to break it all down with Lee Tunnel. Let's break it down. Lee, uh, what a run this bullpen has been on. Uh, you have to be really excited about the way this has all come together and the way everybody stepped up in the absence of Corey Knable. Yeah, I'm so, first and foremost, I'm really genuinely happy for every one of the guys, you know, because as a player, you want to go out, you want to contribute to a team, um, you want to have an impact on, on winning, and you want to do well. And I'm, I'm, that's what I want from them every time they go out, and I'm so happy for every one of the guys. And they have really stepped up. Um, uh, you know, I told Counts that, uh, you know, it would be really cool whenever Corey comes back if we had three or four or five guys with, with multiple saves when he gets back. And, and really, they pull for each other, they play for each other, and they don't really care who it is when it happens. And they know that Counts and DJ are, are uh, getting them in the game when they're going to have the best chance to succeed. How rare is that? You've been around this game a long time. How rare is it that you have a bullpen like that where the guys do push the egos to the side and everybody... Everybody wants the ball, but everybody understands that they make each other better. We've had, we've been fortunate in that we've had um, a decent uh, amount of that going on in the last few years, but we've also had pretty much clear-cut closers over the last few years also, guys that have stepped up and, and taken that role. But um, this is a unique group in, in the sense that we do have either four or five guys for this year that have saved, so um, it's fun to watch. You know, we talk about high leverage all the time um, and guys that are used to being put in those spots, used to being in high leverage situations. And, and obviously Jeremy Jeffress, you mentioned uh, multiple guys that have gotten saves. Jeremy Jeffress has been a closer before. Josh Hader has finished games, sometimes going out and getting the final six outs of a game. Jacob Barnes now is showing that he can do that. Matt Albers can do that. Uh, how helpful is that? Because there's going to be nights where a guy's down and you can't go bring him out of the bullpen, but you have so many different guys that now have that experience and that comfort level with coming into those kind of spots. Well, I think it's especially uh, helpful for the guys that returned to us this year that we had last year because you know last year we played so many close games and it came down to the wire, it seemed like, every night. And I think that because of that there they were they had some seasoning as far as pitching in the so-called high leverage innings you know and so i and we're going to be in every we've been in just about every game that we played this year so really every inning whether it's the sixth or the ninth is for us a pretty much high leverage the other day jeremy came in with the bases loaded in the sixth and um you know that turned out to be a, a, a really the, the turning point in that game so it was kind of a, an early save from that standpoint. And they all realize how important every out is. How big of an addition has Dan Jennings proved to be? It feels like he kind of finished that group, if you will. He kind of completed that group to some degree. Well, yeah, and when uh, when Boone Logan had to, had to uh, miss time with us out of spring training, um, uh, Dan became a really good pickup for us, and he fits great in our pen, and he is one of those guys that he wants the ball. I mean, he's he's used to a heavy workload, and he really does want the ball, and he understands 
his matchups, and he's really fairly uh, balanced historically right-handers to left-handers, especially in the last few years. So uh, that gives us a good uh, a good option, especially when you're facing a team like we just played Kansas City that was going left, right, left, right, all the way through the, to the eighth hitter, you know. Um, so he's been great. Are you still learning to some degree what Josh Hader's capable of? Is that fair to say he's still very young in his career? Yeah, I mean, there's – there's still development for him to do. You know, he's learned to be able to uh, listen to his body and his arm and his throwing program to know what he needs to be ready. Um, he's, he's become uh, able to go back-to-back days. Uh, I think our last homestand, he pitched an inning and then came back the next day for a, a two-inning save. So he, but he, can, he still has more to, to uh, develop. He's learning how to uh, pitch with less than his best velocity, and he's even you know if he doesn't have his best velocity, it's still plus <laughs> velocity, you know. And uh, yeah, you know his slider's getting better. He's and so he does still have uh, uh, the arrow still pointing up for him. Well, Lee, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for some time today. You bet, Lane. Checking in on the farm. All right, let's go down on the farm. The Brewers farm hands and their farm system uh, really having a lot of success right now. The Colorado Springs Sky Sox, we begin in AAA with them. Uh, they collected a 10-6 victory on Tuesday night over the Nashville Sounds. They're now 17-8 and on the year. The big story there is Mauricio Dubon. Mauricio Dubon extended his hitting streak to 19 games on Tuesday night against the Sounds. He is 23 years old. He's now hitting 337 over this 19-game hitting streak. He has four home runs in that span. He's driven in 15. He is 28 of 83. It's been really remarkable. Mauricio Dubon, a guy that's knocking on the door for the big league club, but the Brewers feel pretty good about their club right now. So uh, you'll have to see if Mauricio Dubon forces his way onto the 25-man roster before the end of this season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to follow. Uh, the Brewers, I think, would like to see Mauricio Dubon spend closer to a full season in AAA. He began last year in AA, was moved up to AAA later on in the summer. So we shall see exactly how that unfolds. Nate Orff also has been red hot recently. It's been the middle infield for the Sky Sox that's been on fire. Orff now with a 12-game hitting streak. He has 19 hits over those 12 games. He's been outstanding as well. He drove in a couple more last night. He's hitting 346 for the season. Dubon, by the way, hitting 326 for the season. Jacob Nottingham was just sent down last week after a week with the Major League team. And he went one for five twos. Now he's hitting 377. Nottingham's been on fire. Kyle Wren went three for four on Tuesday night. He's hitting 385. The offensive numbers in Colorado Springs are always a little bit higher than you expect, but wow, um, there's some some good stuff happening in AAA with the Brewers, Colorado Springs, Sky Sox. Freddie Peralta started on Tuesday night. He went five innings, gave up three earned runs. He struck out six. His last couple startings, not as dominant as his first group of starting starts that he made, but Freddie Peralta still having a good year uh, in AAA with the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. In AA, the Biloxi Shuckers 
are also having themselves a nice season. They were off on Tuesday, were the Shuckers. Uh, they were in action on Monday, and they fell uh, on the road at Birmingham. They fell to 15-10 and 10 on the season with that loss on Monday. So the Shuckers um, sitting right where they need to be. Corey Ray, 2-4 for four on Monday night. He's hitting 252 in his first year in double-A. Lucas Ersig is back in the lineup now for the Shuckers after taking a pitch off of his face. He's hitting 270 on the year. Uh, so uh, th- these are guys that had tough years last year in high A. They're big-time prospects for the Brewers, and they're having nice starts to their double-A seasons, which is a very encouraging thing. It's a good thing to see if you are a Brewers fan. We continue with Class A Advanced Carolina, who was on the road at Myrtle Beach on Tuesday night. They fell uh, 5-4 to four to Myrtle Beach. Carolina is 11-14 and 14 now on the season, so um, struggling a little bit. But Keston here has really come along. Uh, here got off to a really, really tough start. He's been on fire. He has hits in each of his last four games, multi-hits in three of those four, and multi-hits in four of his last six. He has raised his average all the way up to 247. He had another home run on Tuesday night. He now has two home runs on the season. And here, after a really slow start, a really slow start, is absolutely on fire now and getting it going and showing that bat that he showed for so much of spring. Class A Wisconsin in the Midwest League. That team's at 8-16 and 16 overall. Peyton Henry hit his second home run of the season on Tuesday night. Uh, the Timber Rattlers getting a good performance from Demi Oramaloy right now. Two for five on Tuesday night. He's up to 278 for the season. Gilbert Lara has also been good this year for the Timber Rattlers. Uh, he had a, uh, has really put together some some big numbers for them. And this is a guy that began last year in Class A Wisconsin. He really struggled. He didn't have a ton of success. And the Brewers put him back there and said, hey, uh, let's repeat this year in the Midwest League and see what you can do coming back a, a year older, um, your second year in this league. And he's hitting 291 with two home runs and 12 RBIs. He's uh, getting on base at a 333 clip, slugging at a 443 clip. Uh, it's a good second season in Wisconsin so far for Gilbert Lara. That's a look around the minor leagues. Here's what's on tap. All right, here is what's uh, on tap for the Brewers and all of our great Brewers fans over the course of this next week. Homestand coming up, Pirates coming to town. This is a big series with the NL Central Pirates. First time the Brewers and Pirates have seen each other this year. Took all the way till May until the crew uh, getting a chance to see the Pirates this year. Of course, uh, it begins on Friday the 4th. It goes through Sunday the 6th, Friday the 4th. May the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars night. Make sure you get out there for that. Then the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, the Chorizo Mariachi bobblehead with special ticket package. And then, of course, the 6th, that lightweight hoodie for the first 20,000 fans courtesy of Boston Store to book your tickets Visit Brewers.com slash tickets. And then the Indians come to town on Tuesday and Wednesday. That's the 8th and the 9th. 6.40 start on Tuesday night. It's a 12-10 afternoon game on Wednesday. Wednesday's a kids and seniors discount day. Kids 14 and under, seniors 60 and over can enjoy 50% off Brewers tickets. Lock in your seats today at Brewers.com slash tickets. All right, that's going to do it for us. Episode number 115 is in the books. We'll talk to you next week from Miller Park. Can't wait. We'll see you out at the ballpark. I'm Lane Grindle.